0: Oh, uh-huh.
1: It was on a short walk from Porto's Sheraton Hotel where the Rangers squad and media were staying to the small Campo de Besa, the home to Boa Vista, that Chris Woods spoke to Chick Young then of the Evening Times about his early frustrations at Ibrox. The Rangers fans have not seen what I can do, he said. Believe me, I am about to show them. Only against Dundee United in the Skull Cup did I feel that like I produced anything like the form I was showing in my days with Norwich. Now I'm settled in and I know that I am ready to produce performances like my days in England on a more consistent basis. If any supporters are wondering about my inclusion in English international squads, then I can only say to them, watch me go now." Woods almost certainly didn't speak in that tabloid English, you can almost see the Batman quotation marks screaming out of the paper, but it was all clear to everybody that the Rangers' rearguard hadn't quite fully settled into place. Woods was brilliant in Portugal that night, the highlight being an almost impossible stop from João Augusto, but it wasn't until that disappointing 1-1 draw in the next round against Borussia Gladbach that something locked in. Rangers didn't concede a goal for the remaining seven games of 1986 as the penny dropped metaphorically before many were spent literally to finish the job off. Here to discuss that rear guard and that shutout king over the course of December and January of season eighty six eighty seven. I'm joined by Andy McGowan. Uh, good evening Andy
2: Hi Martin. Glad to be back on.
1: And Alan Bradley's here to give that uh
0: but more culture than experienced perspective. Alan, how are you doing? I've never been called cultured but I'm I'm doing okay Martin yeah uh, yeah looking forward to this one like Andy. Should be a good one yeah.
1: Okay, it's it's December and in January, guys. Uh, again, we're not going to run over every single game. I I, I don't really want that, that the, the show to be like that. I just, just want to pick some things out and some kind of broader themes. But clearly, uh, this defensive solidity takes shape, and the winter in Scotland is a key run of fixtures. We know that uh, it's it's never really changed, uh, and this would of course would would provide that Rangers pursuit of Celtic because Rangers are still quite a wee bit behind in the, the, the championship race at the start of December um, the only blip let's start with a blip domestically anyway uh, is a 0-0 draw Easter Road on the 6th of December and I want to ask about Sunus again John and David and I touched on uh, on this last week Rangers beat St Myrne 2-0 at Ibrox on the Wednesday night um, not a great night scrappy performance but um, goals from uh, McPherson and David Cooper but an important night, because Celtic uh, lost at Tynecastle that night as well, meaning that the gap was then closed to, to seven points, Rangers with a game in hand. Um, but as, soon as he chose that opportunity to, again, dish out this kind of tough love. Um, it was simply not good enough, he said, um, and he likened his players to a pub team. Lo and behold, that kind of ringing endorsement brought about this 0-0 draw, Easter Road, some uh, ground that had just been won. Lost again. We talked about this inconsistency last week. Um, and Alex Cameron, after that that that, that weekend, said that the title seems out of reach. Uh, Souness's impetuosity. Um, I'd like your your guys' thoughts on that. Uh, it's something we we did discuss uh, quite a bit last week. But here's another example of someone who's just it's like can't know hot tin Roof. He's just too frustrated.
2: Souness at this point as. Something totally different and we're kind of enthralled to everything he says and we kind of lap up this absolute winning mentality because for the first day he walks into Rangers, that's the key word that always comes up. Winners, winners, winners. Everybody signs as a winner. Um, It's the first kind of trait he looks for in his players and uh, it's starting to be the the thrust, the, the whole motivation within the club is to win. And that this notion that anything less than that is, you know, absolutely un- unthinkable. I say it was new to Scottish football. Probably no new Scottish football because it echoes uh, Alex Ferguson. And and you uh, spoke about how soon as after that game slated the team. And we've seen obviously Ferguson famously do that before. But it was new for Rangers because it'd been, you know, how, when was the last time we had anything close to that kind of mentality in the club and the football in front? But it was he was, well, impetuous is the word you used, but he, he was probably more than that. He was angry. Mm-hmm. He was a man that um, was on a mission. Uh, we spoke before in previous episodes that, you know, it was his way of the highway. And he sometimes spoke before thinking, you know, for yeah. a guy that was that we know nowadays is a, a quite an eloquent speaker and quite measured and tempered in his viewpoints on Sky TV. At that point in time, he was an absolute firebrand, I think it's, uh, it's fair to say. And he did say things he regretted. I mean, he punched list, Let's face it, didn't he? <laughs> he, he, he went to he these guys, and and there was always always only one winner, and it was him. So that that was a it was a trait of his that was running through the club, and it had its very good points, but also it had detrimented at
1: Alan, the 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 tough love, the, the the being harsh after good results. I mean that that's a Liverpool thing as well. His his as I said last week, his Liverpool team seasoned hardened winners would have responded to that this rangers team isn't full of 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 title winners um it it absolutely is not a lot of cup winners in there but but not a lot of title winners Uh, and and maybe that that was maybe just the 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 wrong way to 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 handle them in in those early early months
0: yeah i I think so i mean i think later on and hopefully we'll get to it it will learn uh, Andy mm-hmm. makes a really good point as well about the Kenny Alec Ferguson one. Mm-hmm. I think the way Alec Ferguson did it, though, Alec Ferguson became so more experienced that he would come out without Burst but he would. It's as if he would know how far he could go with the guys and what the response would be. Yeah, you know, either with the players. I think at the moment, Graham. As soon as I think he's still learning at this point, Martin. Absolutely. You know, yeah, I, I, I really do. I mean, we go. obviously, we'll go to Hibs and we'll get the draw. There's actually a couple of wee changes. We end up with like Doogie Bell and mm. Hugh Burns in because of the squad. Mm. And to be honest with you, obviously, we agree with everything soon as says. I feel that even at that point in time, as a supporter, it wasn't like, a, you know, at the moment now, there's a big backlash if we draw with anyone. Mm. I remember after that Hibs game thinking we sort of should have beat them. The goalkeepers were really good, but there's still something special. I mean, soon as he's coming here, things are moving in the right direction. But no, your your point, Martin, I definitely think he's learning. But at that point in time, I don't think that was the way to play with some of these, Hmm. I I don't know, maybe some of the less experienced players anyway.
1: Well, that draw took us back to eight points behind, again, with a game in hand. And as I said, uh, some journalists were were, were writing off these title ambitions. That would be premature. Celtic would have an awful three weeks. Uh, in December, three one-one draws. Actually, uh, the final one of those being away to Clyde Bank, a team that that we were putting many goals past um, every time we played them, uh, which meant that the the chase really was on and was hotting up uh, ahead of New Year. Before the New Year, we'll get to that. Of course, was the the arrival of of, of Graham Roberts just before Christmas, uh, Andy for four four hundred and fifty thousand um, pounds. David Holmes, who was now the Rangers chairman. Uh, following the departure of John Payton in the November. Uh, so it was a well-deserved gift, a Christmas present for the fans, for, for their kind of financial, substantial financial outlay um, for the season. Hard man, he had that tag uh, from Spurs, uh, but soon as knew exactly what he was getting, he, he felt he needed another warrior um, to deal with uh, Scottish football and to... to hardened that mentality that we spoke about um his debut at home to Ibrox at a 2-0 win over Dundee United again as Celtic were drawing Rangers were winning um Falkirk 4-0 Hamilton away 2-0 and then on the 27th of December just after Christmas um Dundee United come to Ibrox um Robertson shows maybe both sides to his game um he he's involved uh absolutely um in creating um McCoist's uh uh opener um but he's also involved in a rather crunching tackle on Paul Sturrock. <laughs> yep
2: yeah, and before I came on this to record my dad's upstairs with me and he asked me what the Pod was about and I says well it's amongst amongst other things we're going to be talking about Graham Roberts and the singing. The Graeme Roberts was a hero my dad because he was he was the, the you know the hard man he just my dad loved him. And I said to him, Do you remember he's done the United the, his debut against United and he, the first thing he said was, aye, Sturrock. Mm. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it just shows you that the impact, you know, we know Scottish football fans love the rough and tumble and the light players we endeavour and uh, sometimes to the detriment of our, our technical side we like players that can tackle. Now, uh, Roberts was, at that point in time, it was as if he was born to play for Rangers because we all knew him for England, you know, played in a really good tournament, side, won the FA Cups, won the FA Cup. He'd kind of touched the England side a couple of times. Uh, and when we signed him, he, everybody kind of knew him as a hard man. And we were making a, a, a team of, I wouldn't say a team of hard men, but as the team was in Soonis's image. Mm. And this was a guy that was in Soonis's image because, you know, you could practically see that Soonis had played against him down south. And was there a mutual respect or whatever? I don't know. But he, he, he instantly came into a team. He's built. Like a, he's not a big tall centre-half of as such, he's, he's probably about six foot, but he's extremely stocky, thick-thighed, and uh, his introduction that game, as you say, the tackle was Sturrock, uh, which which was, you know, made an impression, but it was the goal, which I'm sure you're going to talk about, which was, I think it's on YouTube, but basically it bulldozes his way through, and mm-hmm. he there's, no, there's no kind of... Grace or guile about it he bulldozes through to the, to the penalty <laughs> box and at that moment the rangers fans really really took up my heart I, I, that was my memory
1: i i want to um expand on that alan because it happens in football clubs just they, they sign someone and maybe it is the debut something happens quickly that there's just this affinity and it it never really disappears and it, it seems that way with 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 Roberts. The the, the crowd fell in love with them that day.
0: Yeah, I mean, we had known about them as Andy said. I remember watching the UEFA Cup final. I think they won in penalties in the end, but obviously played in FA Cup winning you know teams as well. And it was like it was just a tough tackling, no nonsense kind of British. Uh, I mean, if you think it kind of Terry Horlock, but better. You know, at that point in time, uh, th- that whole physicality as well. Uh, which I think they'd been touched on. I, I remember probably prior to that when Aberdeen would come and they would basically just out-muscle us, you know. And it, when it came down to it, they would just be too physical for us. What I loved about this one was the guy was obviously a quality player, but he had that physique as well. And he had the, you know, he could go in there and battle. You then combine him with the likes of Terry Butcher as well. You've then got Soonis as well. Derek Ferguson can do a bit. Mm -hmm. You can see as well how Soonis is mixing the quality, but he's also, you know, this kind of controlled aggression. Mm -hmm. And as Andy said, that first tackle and then obviously the, the goal as well was a bit like the young ones will probably think of. Alfie just kind of bundling mm-hmm. his way and bulldozing his, but just the way that he actually made that run through to Billy Thompson. Uh, but but again, once you've suddenly got Terry Butcher and you've got Roberts together, this really seals up things defensively for us.
1: Can I just ask about the the psychological impact of the Roberts sign? Not just in us, but but on Celtic as well. This gap is shrinking. It used to be nine points, and as we we finish nineteen eighty six, yeah it's now five, I- with a game in hand. Yeah, I- And, and the, only, the only thing I want I- to I- the only thing I want to mention, Alan, and both you can, can, can mm-hmm. chip in, Roberts, this isn't a panic buy of a team no. in trouble um, who are uh, losing the momentum and say, oh shit, we need to spend more of this money on another international. I uh, haven't really thought about it, but, but here this will keep the fans happy. This is a Rangers team that's just closing in and closing in and on top of that is a consolidation. We already, already look at the time of signing them very solid all of a sudden defensively and we're adding to this. It, it just seems to me like a kind of compound impact, you know, it, it, it isn't a panic buy. Mm.
0: No, I, I would agree, Martin. I, I think the thing with, uh, as you say, defensively, we were actually doing no bad, but the beauty of this one, this was that whole, I don't know, fix, fix the roof, you know, uh, well the sun shines, but things weren't too bad. But to me, this was a, a nice piece in the jigsaw. So, you know, it's as if soon as it had been just waiting to, to actually do it. Ironically, Celtic had been doing no bad, went to Dubai, came back and draw I think, three games in a row yeah. after that one. So the momentum as well, we, we're doing no bad. We've suddenly got this guy. There's just something magical beginning to happen now. And then the momentum will build You know, from this week onwards.
1: And Andy, it's, it's buying someone in at Christmas. As I said, when we're in an increasing position of strength, for more money than they've ever spent on any footballer ever, I, just, it just—it seems quite a, a statement of intent. <laughs> this this sign and this isn't a kind of a big summer move. Um, it's just—it's just adding to something.
2: So all I was going to say was, it was a transfer fee. That—that hmm. that was the thing that dropped George because right there's no transfer windows back then. You can sign players at any point, but. We had we spoke previously about Butcher, 750 grand. We spoke about Wood, 600 grand. Spending 450 grand, no quite on a whim, but in mid-season mm-hmm. was quite a statement. And the fact that, were, again, we're taking a player from a top English club. Spurs were a big team, as they are now. And he was, I don't know if he was quite the captain, probably Steve Peniman, but he was the vice-captain, a key, key player, a hero of White Hart Lane. We went and picked them up and took them, And it was that kind of, you know, it was a, a normalisation of that, that this is the way things are going to be. We're going to buy players at that kind of price range. We're going to buy them for the best teams in England. Um, and it was kind of a question well, you know, how else are they going to compete with that? Because there was no sign that they were going to. Um, so it was a sign of intent, a continued sign of intent, the normalisation that the big things were happening. And... Apart from the football side, where we'd seen a very good player and a very good defender, it was just the notion that this is where we are now, this is what we do, this is what we can
1: do. I want to come back to something that the the three of us talked about in um, the show a couple of weeks ago at the start of of this season. That that I think the story of this season is about influence, it's about the culture being shaped by the manager. But these key signs, Roberts being one, you know, Dave McPherson talks about, you know, he's talking about Butcher, you know, the big man gives everyone around him confidence you can go on with doing your own thing knowing that, that Terry will be there to tidy up should anything go wrong it's also the same when the boss plays in fact the fact that he's totally confident puts us all at ease and McPherson was talking about earlier in the season that you know, he was learning from Butcher but the Rangers had tried to play that way under John Gregg a wee bit more expansive a wee bit more football team but the older players at the club at the time the senior pros maybe set in different ways they called the shots and we weren't going to play like that now the senior players are the ones that are guiding the club and dare I say it, a more kind of progressive direction um and you're soon as you know said when I signed certain players butchering the goalkeeper uh, the lads already at the club responded I could see that the way they responded to them and then I got Roberts who's in the same mould as those two and then again he, he brought the best out in certain individuals all of a sudden you were going from players who had been at Rangers maybe too long being in the company of bad professionals and all of a sudden they were winners that, that's it. It, it, it's bringing these guys in, not to do the job of 11 players, but just to, to set the tone for, for the rest.
0: Yeah, it's all it's about all standards. Uh, we, we mentioned, I think, in the first episode that Andy and I were on, you know, in terms of the kind of standards and so on, and this is very much doing that. It's the, the, the whole, I don't know, the whole culture and so on is back up to this Rangers way. And again, you've got leaders You've just added another one there. He ain't coming up here from England. Okay, he says, I'm coming up for the manager. I'm coming up to win things and so on to play in Europe. But, I mean, this guy through and through, ain't going to accept defeat. You've got your big butcher as well there. And this is spreading on to others. I think the good thing as well with some of the young ones too, with your Derek Ferguson, your McCoys and so on, obviously they've got the club at heart as well. So you've got these guys that are obviously learning from them and you've got a really nice mix, I think, between the two of them.
1: Okay, okay. Um some of those culture changes though, Andy, uh were well, not easy to to embed. Uh you know, soon as we'd later say, you know, getting yourself full of drink two or three times a week is not going to make you a better player on a Saturday afternoon. Um maybe what was professional prerequisite in serie A was a foreign language in Scotland, second nature in Empley, not so in East Co Um, start of December, let's go back a wee bit, fifth of December, mccoyson and Durant charged with breach of the peace and assault after a, a fight with an 18-year-old in a, a chip shop. Uh, <laughs> Ted McMinn was also questioned. Uh, Durant later cleared in court, but McCoyce was convicted of, of minor assault and fined 150 quid. Um, Durant wrote later, Ali McCoy saved my life that night. He was in crutches at the time. He's an ankle injury. Um, but Again, similar incident happened in Airdrie the you know, would happen in Airdrie the following season, uh, leading Durant to, to suggest he might be best leaving the, the, the city, this kind of constant target on the back. Um for all those changes to diet, Andy, and sleeping habits and flip flops and whatever else the the Glasgow culture and its microscopic focus are always likely to provide a, a wee bit of resistance.
2: I think that's just the kebab shop incident, wasn't
1: it? It was indeed, yeah.
2: <laughs> so um my recollection is that Durant and McCoy were lucky, lucky boys because mm-hmm. autonomous soonness and the, the culture and the winning, all you know, winning is everything. The, the renewed discipline that he brought in, the fact that everything is, you know, this is what I learned in Italy and you need to adapt it. No, going to a kebab shop, getting drunk, and then having a wee scrap wasn't a part of that, as you say, Martin. It was a total antithesis of it. And, you know, Lesser players would have been out in their arse, I've got to say. I think because Durant was special, soon knew he was special, there was probably a wee bit of, you know, no throwing the baby out with the bathwater there. McCoy's less so, because McCoy's did we know, and, and Sunis was a, wasn't, he, wasn't he quite as harmonious as it, it could have been. Um, stage of the season probably played a big part, and... Uh, my recollection was they were very, very lucky because McMan, to a lesser extent, I mean, he he fell foul of of soon as some are saying that his his off yeah. discipline was part yeah. of the reason.
0: He, he ended up going to Seville, didn't he? Big joke. Yeah. You know, for 100, 250 whatever, yeah, yeah.
1: And there but we have of, there we have misbehaviour, but soon as we we'll cut who he thinks is expendable, mm-hmm. and you, but you're but absolutely right, Durant yeah. McCoys were were, my, were probably was going nowhere. They were fine. But I think,
0: I I think they were fined a significant amount, which obviously we'll find later on the season yeah. how that goes. But but I think the biggie as well, Martin, is in one way you learn too. And if you think later on with the likes of Gascoigne and things like that, so th- there was a you can think of the hot headed. It'd be a case of that's so you're out, you know. But again, I think he realises the value at that point in time. but I think it, the man. point I'm trying to make is, but he did keep pushing that. Look, this is unacceptable, yeah. and you know these guys have got to you know improve themselves. Yeah.
1: None of this was ideal preparation, I guess, for the, the trip to Germany. Second leg of that UEFA Cup match, 1-1 at Ibrox, as we discussed last week. The away goal lost, uh, so we'll need one. As um, soon as kind of rush themselves back from that uh, Achilles operation, give them some kind of uh, experience. Alan, from what I can make out, a very impressive performance by Rangers. Uh, quality in oh, the final oh, yeah. third was, was, was missing, um, nil-nil. Um, and that that moment of uh, carelessness at uh, Ibrox making all the difference. Uh, one journalist said uh, it would, of course, be the game's unlikeliest transfer deal. Uh-huh. But if the Ibrox <laughs> club had Mo Johnson, they might still be in the competition. Um, or maybe a different referee. Rangers down to nine men. Um, Stuart Monroe uh, saw red for retirement. Retaliation, uh, retaliation he was kicked uh, by Winkold uh, whilst he was lying on the floor Cooper was sent off for asking the Belgian referee if he was allowed to send any Germans off um, although I believe that the language he used was, was not something you would expect on a kind of diplomatic mission um, and the Rangers players were gutted you know Butcher was in tears um, after this uh, and in another season where Rangers were out, uh, before Europe, uh, out of Europe before Christmas your recollections of that, that night? I
0: absolutely outclassed them uh, from the outset to the targeted Cooper, obviously. And that's the thing. Cooper was now playing freely again, like he had when he first, I mean, some of the Cooper's football at that point in time. But I think they probably, I think they'd done them some like three times within five minutes. Some of the challenges were terrible and they were just continually, you know, having a go at various. Uh, I think McCoy's McCoy actually hit the bar early on as well yeah. Rangers had six or seven good chances mm. they had a number of them as well, Martin Those ones that just went across the face of the goal And just couldn't get in the end of the. Obviously, I think Borussia probably had maybe two, a couple of chances That's it But Rangers totally played them off the park But the challenges that they were putting in were absolutely horrendous And then what was happening as well is uh, The Rangers player would get booked Obviously, the Borussia guy wouldn't. Hence, the frustration that it went on. Yeah, the Stuart McCall when he actually, uh, so Stuart McCall was down on the ground, mm. uh, and it, the guy is actually fouling him,
1: yeah, he uh, and he he, he
0: ended up getting that one. But in terms of the football as well, that's what gave me a wee bit of a really disappointed not going through. But Ra- Rangers played really really well, and as you say, it was only that silly mistake and the first leg really that's just caused us the you know to go out there. Yeah.
1: Andy there's there's a bit of the tartan army sob story about this, you know, we were we were great honest um on our way home. Um as we will see over the course of this year, the, the Rangers European story isn't overly uh, uh impressive. Mm. Um uh, I do wonder though if this is Andy, if this is one of the, 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 the real underrated near misses. Um Gladbach would beat uh, Vittoria de Gumarish in the, the quarterfinals. They're better than Boavista, but I, I wouldn't have thought that would have been an impossible task should we have met them as well um, uh, later in that, that season, which would have set us up if the draw worked out the same way with a, a two-legged semi-final against Dundee United for, for a place in the UEFA Cup final. Jeez. This is one that just doesn't get, get talked about when we, we do ruminate over those what what could have beens. Um do you think this is a bit underrated? I
2: think it's a case that it represented progress, Martin, I think, because I think the year before we went out we were an absolute one-party, kind of average Spanish team, Osasuna, wasn't it? And yeah. uh, here, here we were, we'd, we'd obviously beat Tampere, the, the Finnish team, which was expected, we'd beat Boa which was a result, and then we'd kind of went toe-to-toe with Borussia Mönchengladbach, and I think the feeling was that we had been, I'm trying to think of a phrase, but we'd been cheated. And and again, mm-hmm. I... I don't know, something tells me that Belgian ref later get done with corruption, I may be wrong.
0: Semi-final, I think, or a, a later, he did actually, is it 25,000 quid or whatever, apparently, right. yeah, Yeah. there was some creative stuff at that point, Andy, that's right. Yeah.
2: So, so the, the the one that resonates with me as a similarity is the the Bayern Munich Champions League we advocate, where we go toe-to-toe, we come away with the game thinking, we deserve to get through there, because we've, we've went toe-to-toe, to a really good team, and no, came away with the, with the result. So, as gotten as it is, you have some heart and that, you know, on another night, you go mm-hmm. through. Mm-hmm. And given that there was no group stages around that time, and as we seen with United that season, they went all the way to the final. And is it when they get away? Probably. But, you know, well, ultimately, we are only good enough to get past yeah, Borussia, despite the referee. Um, and it was about a bit Sure grapes you know and, and that, that wasn't a little bit as soon as his thing was about he didn't come away saying oh, well you know we were cheated I think he was of the type that just you know you either get through or you don't and you make your own luck kind of yeah. style yeah. so um, I, I don't remember it ever. I, what I remember for that year was that the league was the thing and well, out the there, thing. was yeah. there a disaster
1: that's the thing and soon as absolutely doesn't um, he doesn't fine the, the Rangers players were, were the club was fine five grand um and the players, I mean, Monroe was banned for four European games. It was in, incredible. I mean, yeah. It really was. But I mean, Sunnis didn't um, apply any extra ones. He didn't make any excuses. Uh, uh, I, yeah. What I would say, even if we, if we had done that, because, you know, there's, let's be honest, counterfactual history is a nice bit of fun. Um, it may have uh, exhausted as a wee bit or, or drained the resources for the league campaign, um, which was hotting up as '86 turned into 1987, and Rangers faced Celtic on New Year's Day.
0: Sonis with the shot. There was a deflection.
2: give credit to for that of course is the captain Teddy Butcher with that near close back header it always looked as if it might be put in and Fleck made absolutely sure William playing some superb football engineered mainly by the man spraying out that pass at the moment soon as now
1: Cooper it's there number two Ali McCoy's Difficult
0: enough on a day like today, but he should have got it. And there was McCoyce
1: to make it number two. Okay, 2-0. Huge, huge game, Andy. Um, Graham is off on debut uh, at the, uh, what, fourth attempt now um, this, this season for, for suspension and injury reasons. Um, both goals are scrappy, um but Rangers are excellent from, from what I can see. Um is as, as just imperious. Um the margin was, was just far greater than two goals um that that afternoon. Uh, I, I wanna I wanna ask so much about, about this game. Were you both there presumably? Uh, aye, aye. Uh,
0: I like I I Andy was the lucky one. I, Martin, for my sons, uh, had booked a holiday in the Algarve and flew out after the United game, a couple of days after. So we were down in the Algarve. Uh, Margaret and I, on New Year's Day, were on the beach with champagne. There was no mobile phones, no internet. So at one point, I went back up to a telephone box and used my, would it be a Scootless or whatever?
1: It <laughs> Would it be? Uh,
0: <laughs> I ph- phoned back home, David Best, Reading Rangers. David got my season ticket, for his, I think he took his girlfriend, but I phoned back, my dad told me the score, I went back down to the beach and there was some more champagne, so I thoroughly enjoyed that new year, gutted, I missed it, but then obviously I watched it when I came back.
1: And is it as good as uh, it looks in the highlights, or it's, as popular myth makes out? Uh,
2: I, think, I think it has gained um, a bit of a glow over time, because... It was only two nothing, but what captured imagination that day and uh, is remembered as soon as because yeah. it was it was Baxter-esque. Now, we're not, uh, even you, Yarn, I don't know if you're old enough to remember Baxter, but you obviously hear about Baxter. You see the, the film and you get mm-hmm. a sense of a guy that you know is totally imperious, takes a piss of the opposition and is untouchable. That was soon as that day because you know McStay was the Mm. much vaunted <laughs> even then and Mike Stey was a good player, good right? player yeah. I he was a good player but he was he was the maestro they called him and he was taunt, vaunted as, a, as the next big thing in British football and you know there wasn't a single Celtic player that could love the Rangers yeah. uh, love the that day no, no. and if you go into YouTube and I would implore you to do so and watch the game you'll see exactly what I mean We're we're basically Soonest stops time at one point when have you ever seen anybody put their <laughs> foot in the ball Left a leg, taking a kiddo and kick it, no do it, turn and change direction and then spray a big pass out. Yeah. It, it was something that wasn't quite seen in a normal rough and tumble Celtic Rangers game at that, uh, that time. Mm. And, um, I mean, we scored two goals. One, I, I can't remember the same I can only remember Bonner dropping the ball quite com- comedically um, for a corner, but we were well worthy of the 2 nothing Should have been more, yeah, probably.
0: We, we flaked at the other one,
2: that's right, yeah. play yeah. And, um This was where, it was about momentum, Martin, this is where Mm -hmm. what we thought was happening was kind of proved to be true. We were going to change gear, we were going to shift gear and and leave these folk in our wake, and uh, it was a very good day.
1: Well, the immediate reaction, interesting, you mentioned back, Archie McPherson used to do a piece to camera on sports scene after the the, the game whatever game he was at mm-hmm. yeah. um yep. and he he as soon to be i i've never seen a rangers player dominate an off firm game in in twenty odd years um with an obvious reference to 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 Baxter uh the the press are funny they, they they do point out that uh you know the the margin was huge but profit margins might have been the biggest factor and uh, money talks is one of the headlines uh, it's checkmate for rangers Aces and other a wee bit contradictory to the summer when they said that you know you can't buy success, you you won't be able to do that. So you know, make your mind up, boys. The importance of it. I'm fascinated by this this notion of, of pivotal turning points in a season. Um, there are others, and there's quite a bit of debate about this. And we probably start the the next episode with with an equally, if not more important, um, uh, match. Mm-hmm. But but Smith is when they, they did a, a BBC Scotland retrospective in 2007, said, you know, that as much as anything else gave us an enormous boost. And then it led us to believe that we could go on and win the championship. That was Smith. And so they said, we knew that once we go on to their coattails, they wouldn't be able to handle the pressure. We just went from strength to strength. So it it, it was five with a game in hand. It's now three with a game in hand. Uh, Andy Rangers are, 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 are absolutely breathing down their necks. This feels like a reality. My, I do have a, a clear memory of of my dad coming home that night with the snow on his scarf because it was a it was a kind of snowy, wet day, wasn't it? Um, beaming, absolutely beaming, and he said, "We're going to win the league. We weren't even top, but it was just this this, this feeling of 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 direction." Um, <laughs> Alan's kind of mentioned that. It, it is that real? It, Did you go uh, on thinking, Andy? We were. We're on for this now.
2: Well, I'm I'm a youngster at that time, so i um, I'm I think we're going to win the league anyway, without really knowing the, the reality <laughs> of things. But I do remember that, and I used the word there, and I can't look at the vocabulary thinking think in be a word. It was momentum. It's basically things were hotting up, and they were slowing down. Celtic, I mean, and uh, uh, there was belief. There was belief for day one, and even when we we're seven or eight points behind. You know, we were, it was still two points for a win back then, wasn't it? So it was quite a margin, yeah. but there was still belief. And it was just mm-hmm. a case of, you know, as I keep saying in this series, you just knew this place was going to explode. Mm-hmm. And you just kept that belief. And, and I think, uh, personally, I think the fact that you could sign a player at any time had a lot to do with that because... You, you know it wasn't unsurprising for Rangers to go out and buy a player at any point in the season and uh, the Roberts signing was kind of proof positive of that I think we might have done that with Jimmy Nicol after mm. the, you know, the season started I might be wrong but that kind of it was known you had that in your arsenal that we could just go out and buy a player at any given point gave you this kind of maybe misplaced belief that we were going to do something um, but that game itself was pivotal as you say because you could see it with your own eyes that they were sitting there. And the Celtic Wiki, which is a fantastic resource, I, I pull everybody to go, uh, go and look it up. They've got an article. Uh, the-, the headline is Rangers in England to Celtic,
0: and Patrick it. Null. <laughs> yeah. but
2: there- there- there's a picture there, and it's Graham Roberts after he's completely yeah. crumpled on own archdeacon, and he's looking at him as if
1: you know you're a piece of shit you look looking yeah. doing them in the ground yeah. that was the kind of mentality that was coming through in the team and it was spreading to the terraces uh, so I mean uh, uh, are you all feeling that Alan even you mm-hmm. as this prototype on the Portuguese uh, coast
0: yeah I I'm, from from my point of view again I, like, I think as Andy said it was the momentum I, I didn't think like your dad that's it we're going to win the league but what what i did feel is like you had said we'd been chasing them chasing them they were beginning to slip up it was a controlled win. obviously when i came back and seen it it was controlled i'd seen loads of old firm ones even when we weren't doing well you know drazer game and so on but this one just seemed different this one did seem like a yeah we've been chasing you watch this now and there was Celtic mixed, the lot of them, I think me Johnson was playing his bit, McCoy, but they, you could tell they were now looking at us thinking, oh my god, they're up a, a different level. So, really controlled from our point of view, and it was just a case of uh, kind of keeping things going.
1: Fixtures were thrown a bit of havoc in January, it was an absolute freeze in January 1987. Rangers unaffected though, uh, that form just kept a pace. Uh, Graham Roberts scored the only goal against Motherwell at Fur Park, an absolute wonder strike from thirty-five was. yards. Um and poor Claybank again, um five 0 at Ibrooks, another Robert Fleck hat trick. Uh and on the same day, Celtic lose three two at Dundee United. They're we're now in touch and distance, uh, gentlemen, and a win over Hamilton Ackies at Ibrooks, uh, mid January, um could put Rangers ahead and top of the table for the first time at that stage of the of the season since nineteen seventy eight, Alan. Um 2 0 win. Uh, yeah. I, okay, a few things I want to ask about this game. Um I think it, it showcases exactly this kind of split personality um of, of Rangers team. Two 0 easy win. Uh opener from Durant is gorgeous, absolutely superb, mm-hmm. uh, just a, a really good football and um, p- performance, McCoyce of course would score the second, but with all that in the bag, um, we're going to go top of the league as the game, were on unnecessary and ridiculous ill discipline, Graeme Roberts sent off for a second yellow with just 15 minutes to go and then uh, Durant um, sent off for an outrageous tackle on Albert Craig. Um, second time that season Rangers have got two players sent off in a game, it could have happened more often. And I think this, the success that, that must feel for you guys, I'm too young to really appreciate it, to be there right in front of you, but it's it's always balanced on this razor's edge. Will this team mess it up?
0: Yeah, and obviously at that point, there was a real buzz because as you say, this was like, this was going to be our chance. Uh, it was a really bad tempered match from the outset I think they they obviously, I don't know what happened. I think there's a couple of kind of challenges and so on that they weren't, uh, uh, you know, kind of too happy about, obviously. Uh, but no, uh, then what happened was, I remember, I think Jerry McCabe came on as a sub, uh, one of their guys bar, I think, got stretchered off. Big Butcher had done it kind of 50-50 on him, you know, at the time. Uh, so he came on. And as you see, everything was going okay. The Graham Roberts one, the second booking, was an absolute joker, the sending off. I think it was in our box. And he just kind of touched shoulders with the guy. The boy went down. And obviously, Graham Roberts went off. I think what I spotted, we were over in the govern front at the time because we used to move about with the Rover season ticket. And I saw, I think it was Jerry McCabe and one of the other ones. I don't know if it was Sprott or Pelosi or whatever. Both as if we've got him, we've done him. They were laughing. You could see it. And obviously, Girant had spotted it too. So as Graeme Robert Roberts went off, I think within about four minutes or so, Wee just went, the ball kind of went in, went in and half the guy in two. That was the the real stupid thing. We Girant the red mist, just done that one and he went off too. So in terms of being ahead in the league, absolutely fantastic. But again, was we Girant went off, the two Hamilton players as well, we laugh at each other, you know, as if, Walked into that one, and I think after the game as well, there was a lot of kind of bad feeling as well, Martin, between obviously Rangers players and you know the kind of Hamilton Nike's mob, too. Yeah. And that, in a way, would it didn't carry forward to the next one, but that was mentioned before the you know when we played them a wee bit later on that month. Mm.
1: 13th time that season, Andy. Uh, Ibrooks is a sellout, all ticket, um, unheard of. I, I, Again, you're young, but do you are you able at this time to, to really appreciate just how how different that is? Is your dad talking about how different Ibrooks feels, um, continually being full and tickets being like goldless in uh, in some cases?
2: I'm very aware of it because because we're talking about, we're talking about the need to get a season ticket. <laughs> which was never <laughs> yeah. the case before. You know, this that, is Just to paint a picture for listeners that are, maybe don't have the concept, we weren't really a season ticket support at that time. Um, You, you mentioned just your rover ticket there, Alan. That's, that kind of sums it up. You could go anywhere in a stand, for example, but we knew it was in a post. That the, 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 this is about the club changing. This is yeah. how we know things are changing. We look at can I'm going to have to fork out for a season ticket next year. It
0: was a big change for supporters to do Uh, that. I I, I mean, just to add to that, a great point, Andy, because up to then, certainly for me for 1970, you you just went, you paid to go in, you managed to get tickets, say, for old firm games if you needed it. I I think what happened was when Souness was coming... I think it was myself and Davey Bess and another guy, Barry, we went with. We were like, maybe want to think about a season ticket. And I had mentioned to Margaret, this is going to get busy because of the hype. You could feel it during it. And I think it was £60. It cost me £66 for that season ticket. And I remember in the press them saying that was the record. It was £6,000. You know, at that, obviously that summer. And I think you're right, Andy. I think before then you'd be lucky if there had been a thousand. And it was certainly wasn't the working class guys like us that would normally get there. It was
2: in. a novelty. It was a novelty I've a scene ticket. So mm-hmm. that's how I know, Martin, to answer your question, we knew that was going to be the case. Are we game's slightly less so because the, the stadiums mm-hmm. were all oh, terraced and there was never an issue. Mm-hmm. Apropos <laughs> of nothing, the, the Graham Roberts screamer that you talk of at Motherwell, that game was never televised. There was no cameras at it at all to record that, uh, and we missed the bus. And we've never seen that goal. And <laughs> I've never seen goal. Well, I'll never see that goal now. My dad got the wrong time for the bus, and we were still on like, a couple of diddies and and Ar- Argyle Road and Salkoots and that oh, missed this bus. So every time somebody brings up that Screamer Martin, my dad gets it in the neck.
1: Yeah, quite rightly, quite rightly. So um, it was after five or six clean sheets that Chris Woods was in Walter Smith's year. Asking if the, the the British what what the British record was and how far he still had to go. Mm-hmm. I think Walter uh, quite curtly dismissed him, told him to to, to go away, uh, but promised that <laughs> you know he, he'd, he'd come back to him if he was ever close. By late January, he was close indeed. Although there there was a drop point, a nil nil uh, draw um, at home to Aberdeen meant that Rangers Aberdeen, actually fell yeah. back um, behind Celtic, uh, two points behind, but with a game in hand. But. This is increasing and increasing. Um, and it, that nil-nil draw took Woods' shutout to 13 consecutive matches in all competitions. And, yeah, but the, the, uh, we'll talk about the record in a minute, but the, the, the significance of that, it goes beyond, you know, the chance to meet Roy Castle and record breakers or something like that. The trivia isn't really that important. The winter in Scotland is, is tough. It makes or breaks champions so often. Um, and... This was the bedrock for the big change. Mm. Rangers are miles mm-hmm. behind as the autumn draws to a close, and now well, we're jostling for top spot. Um, again, was there a sense, guys, as December went into January, and and there's maybe a bit of chat about this record, that just how good defensively we are. Was was anyone talking about that, Alan? First,
0: uh, I. definitely. Yeah, I mean, obviously I wasn't like your dad at the start of January, but the time we come to this and the way we've been going, and as you said, defensively, it was just like you've got probably I would have said the best goalkeeper in Britain at that point in time as well and just this defence you were getting it was a wee bit like that freak season we had last year uh, Martin where you'd of games where teams wouldn't have a shot at us or maybe one or two and because we had this really good keeper as well things uh, things were so comfortable for us so yeah it was definitely a case of when's the record going to come What is it uh, uh, and obviously things moved on to the, the Hamilton Aki's uh, Scottish Cup game yeah Andy,
1: was this was this providing that that sense of uh, momentum that you're uh-huh. talking about? It's just we're just never going to concede.
2: Well, the way I would put it is that it was a novelty for many Rangers fans, certainly my age. But you know, if you're if you're twenty year old, you've you've not seen Rangers really compete for a, a, a league for ten years, nine years, mm-hmm. and um, along with that, you've not seen them play eleven games without losing a goal. So. <laughs> It was just this new mantra, and it, and it, it, it kind of speaks into the, the thing I'm saying about soonest, winning, 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 that was new. It was, that mentality was something that never really been drilled in. And he also had this build from the back, Can of cliche that he bought woods, he bought woods. Everything started for the back, and you know we were seeing it, and and it ties in with what we're saying about the Celtic game, momentum. Mm-hmm. By Christ, you're, you, you can't know in a league if you're not losing a goal. <laughs> so it was stuff like that that was just building belief, and everything was fresh and new. And at some points, at some points, despite the fact you to run the away league, you kind of pinch yourself to say right, this is this is something special that's happening here.
1: And remember the the, the chat about because Woods already had a record; he was the British record, um, oh, sorry, he was the world's most expensive goalkeeper and this is mm-hmm. ridiculous, what, what Rangers doing, but as soon as very clearly was it from the outset, you you need to, to invest in the back, and this is now paying off. 31st of January then, guys at Ibrox, Hamilton are back on Scottish Cup duty, and it could be broken. Um, that day, and it was. The 44th minute, uh, the crowd roared the appreciation of Woods, who I think at that point had so little to do that he could well be classed as a spectator as well, uh, and he became the the, the record holder um, for uh, clean sheets, and a kind of nice full stop, as I said, in any debate about the, the merits of that investment. Rangers are the best keeper in Britain, and it was nil-nil at the time, but even if McCoy's or Fleck, or Cooper, whoever turned up and, and scored the winner, um, to send Rangers into the next round, it would still be Chris Woods that would get the headlines the next morning. Only, they didn't, and he wouldn't. 1,196 minutes 96. would have lasted, uh, without being beaten. But with 20 minutes of that, cup tie remaining Rangers, despite all the possession, and all the attempts on Davy McKellar's goal, um, still searching for a breakthrough, um, Hamilton launched a long free kick into the Rangers' half, which somehow got lost under the feet of Dave McPherson and pre- uh, presented Adrian Sprott with his chance to produce uh, that moment of glory and shame in equal measure. The only goal of the game, and Rangers were sensationally knocked out of the cup. Um, humiliation was Evening Time's back page uh, printed onto T-shirts by the Willie McC- Malloy Celtic Supporters Club. Um, the comparisons, Andy, with Beric were immediate, uh, Quite obvious. Um, Twenty years, of course, um, passing since, since that time. It's a wee bit unfair. I mean, Hamilton are in the Premier Division. Um, Berwick were, we're, we're uh, a, a league below. Uh, after all this, all this progress that we're talking about, um, how much of a of a shot was this afternoon?
2: This was big. This was <laughs> really big, and. It's important you mentioned it there, the context that's somebody looking at this historic line. say, Well, hold on, Hamilton were in the same league as you. So how can it be that much a shock?
1: Still part time.
2: And on, aye, but on, mm-hmm. so on paper it looks like, you know, something that could happen. It's like a modern day equivalent of us getting knocked out by, you know, Ross County or something like that. But this was massive. This was absolutely massive because we've spoken about in the series about how Rangers had become box office. It totally transformed every aspect of Scottish football, including the media and the headlines. And there was just a thirst for anything to do with Rangers soon as we were box office. And for us to get knocked to it at home against Hamilton Aquis, in the midst of the, the you know, the, the Woods record, as we were talking about there, was seismic, absolutely seismic. And I'm not going to say it was a JFK moment, but I can remember vividly <laughs> where I was because I was near the game. Because it was, I never went, and my dad went, but I never went because it was kind of viewed as a, you know, formality. We'll, we'll be hammering, we'll mm-hmm. and we'll and I was in Harris of Salkowitz, which was a, a TV shop, TV and electric shop, and I was in there with my mum and my gran, and then, and the results were coming through on the telly, and I'm, so what am I? I'm 11. And I'm standing there and the guy, the salesman in the shop, who I know very, I, I now know very well is a guy called Jack Blades who eventually became my club. He's looking at me as a grown man, and this wee boy looking at the screen and we're kind of looking at each other as if, what the fuck is this? You know, because it's coming through Hamilton Wind Rangers, nothing. And it was that kind of moment where we kind of believe this. And and I'm lying to my mum, mum, we've just been beaten, she doesn't get, get the gravity of it. But it was massive, Martin. It really was a big, big thing. And uh, I wouldn't say it knocked us in terms of belief, but it, it was certainly a boat for the blue. And, uh, you know, that's why it's remembered. This That's why Adrian Sprott is a mm-hmm. name. It's remembered. And they probably always will remember because it was a major, major upset. And that kind of understated.
0: Alan? <sighs> I'm, just, I'm just trying to recover from it. Okay. Uh, aye. Mem- memory. Aye, Bobby Clark had the record and Big Woods obviously beat that one. I remember being at the game and looking at the scoreboard and we were kind of watching because, as you said, they'd said, I think I'd say 31 minutes or whatever it was anyway, but it was like once it gets to that one, uh, Big Woods has got the record. And as you say, you know, just all the applause and everything, this is fantastic. And because of the we were the two and a bit million pound team, really against the 50,000 pound one that it took for them, it was. It's. I mean, I've had some low points watching Rangers, but at that point in time, geez, and I think because of the way things had been going too, Martin, you know how I'm usually a kind of glass, don't jinx it kind of guy, mm-hmm. but I'm a kind of glass half him. but at this point in time, you're thinking, this is great. I think Celtic were also drawn with Aberdeen as well, so you're thinking when they draw him out, brilliant, we've got Akis at home, they could maybe become a cropper, you know, let's go for the cup too. But I remember it, the ball came down and I think, as you say, big David McPherson went under his foot. The, obviously, they went and scored. But the amount of saves that Dave McKellar, I think, had, we absolutely, you know, we just battered them, battered them, but couldn't get the goal. I, I think the biggie for me too, Martin, was here we go again. It was my first wedding anniversary that day. We've we've booked Chim's restaurant in Hamilton, across from where parts of Hamilton mm-hmm. Shoreham is. Uh, so Margaret and I go over there. David Cooper was in Jim's restaurant that night as well. I didn't bother him, but Davy looked like shocked to it. But I remember Margaret saying, Our first anniversary, you've just wasted it. You'd think we were at a funeral and not for a nice meal. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It was just oh, absolutely, just completely shocked by it all. Yeah.
1: You never really grow out of uh, football results ruining um, special <laughs> occasions, do you? Um, yeah a, a massive massive story oh, and God. could have been a setback yeah the beric comparisons as i said understandable journalism especially with the 20 years and and everything else the reaction mm-hmm. was not the same um and this is what, what i found interest we talked about soon as um probably not handling the the the, the media well um in terms of you know, managers speak to the players, of course, and, and behind closed doors. But they also speak to the players in public. There are public messages there for them. And you know, the two examples where it's it's kind of backfired. Now, internally, soon he
0: does. Put, he oh, learns this time. I think Doesn't it does. Him? Yeah.
1: Internally, he puts his his foot through a television in the, the dressing room, and he was, he was furious. He gets some stuff out there. He was, you know, he was moaning. You know, losing that the goal was ridiculous. I spent a lot of money getting this defence right. Um. I guess the, the the soonest that we've seen so far might have said right McPherson you're out now but he doesn't, he will get rid of him correctly in the summer um, but he'll he'll keep him and to good effect as, as the, the, the season would, would, would wear on as we'll see and um, Flick he supports immediately, they'll be playing next week of course the big Beric comparison um, with the the two forwards being being axed immediately. As soon as new as as much as as, as Liverpool his, his Liverpool career was, was glittering he Never won the FA Cup and he suffered some shocks with, with Liverpool. He understands how British cup competitions can work. There's no panic, um, and his public messaging, Smith's public messaging, appears to be evidence of them. Realising that what they see outside does have an impact inside, and they, you know, they would, you know, have to get it right this time. Um, and Andy, this has been—it's been a roller coaster season already, starting with Easter Road in, in August and the, the ups and downs since then. Um, he plays this well though.
2: But see, see, many ways, Martin. He was more pragmatic than the support and the media, mm. and. Uh, it was probably the opposite of what you would have put your money on if you to kind run this scenario as a, a potential thing that would happen. How would Souness react to that? So, uh, looking back now, was it maybe the stage of the season? Did he know that you know these things happened, as you say, given his own experiences down south? Um, was it just so big that he had to downplay it because to actually exacerbate it again by giving a kind of seal of approval to the hysteria? Would have made it worse. I don't know, and I and I wonder, as you say, what Smith's input would have been to it. But whatever he did, it was a correct, correct call because you know we were too deep into the season to, to up um, and start again and, and have a total knee-jerk uh, <laughs> clear out, if you want, or, or even you know as soon as he's, as soon as his want was to have personal vendettas against players if like he, he felt mm-hmm. them doing. You know, we've seen it. We've seen it later on with Roberts. We've seen it with other players that, you know, you crossed them, you didn't you generally get a second, a second chance. Durant McQuest accepted, but there was players there that you you might have thought he's going to he's going to call because of that, and he never did that, and and it ultimately helped their season. So was this a sign of him maturing? Maybe, <laughs> maybe it was an <laughs> exception. I th- I think it was an exception because we've seen plenty more of the can kind a of firebrand reactor soon as after this
1: or well, we would and as, as the years went on but in this season this important season and we'll, we'll come to again other bits of evidence that I, th- I think he, him and Smith he, the, the handling of, of the outside is is a very interesting um but I think this is a, this is a bit of a departure alan um at least for the moment and we, we know what's going to come in other seasons he is growing into the the kind of prime minister that the Rangers manager actually is, and no, no one—it's—it's it's underrated just how um, big a deal that 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 job is. It's not just picking the team, or, or in his case, playing as well. And he takes that on his shoulders that week.
0: Yeah, it, it does, and you mentioned the Beric one. If you remember, obviously, you know when things happened to Beric, obviously it was people above. I think the good thing is that as soon as between obviously him and Holmes as well. They were very tight, weren't yeah. they? And obviously had made that decision. Now, the other thing to Walter Smith, yep, between the two of them, you can imagine. So occasionally, I would imagine behind the scenes, if soon as went a wee bit there, Walter would pull him back and vice versa. So that was a great combination. And you mentioned about those two strikers, if they had done something silly like they did in the 60s, you've got 53 goals between yeah. McCoy this season and Robert Fleck, so. Uh, good call and I think the way they managed this one definitely shows you know, it, it is definitely getting the right direction Yeah,
1: I'll do this gentlemen thank you very much, always a pleasure to speak to you, you'll be back on uh, soon I'm sure, thank you Alan
0: Thank you I enjoyed it up until that very last Hamilton one but <laughs> I'm just going to have a wee lie down Martin but <laughs> yeah. I really enjoyed that thanks Andy as well mate
1: Sorry about the trigger, thank you Andy
2: Martin, I might keep going. It's just getting good now.
1: Yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> we we will keep going. We will. Um, but that week, as we said, Rangers, or well, Soonis and Smith, handled uh, the situation perfectly. And they needed to, cause Rangers are back in the position of being two points behind. But with a game spare, this title race is precariously poised. And the following weekend, the first weekend in February, we we'll see Rangers visit Tynecastle, where they hadn't won a league match since 1977, and where Hearts hadn't suffered any kind of defeat for nearly two years. And set to get home to the always generous St Mirren, it looked exactly like the kind of situation when some of that ground that had been made up so well would be handed back. Yet another step backwards after so many positive strides. It would be the biggest test of the season. How they handled it and the run all the way to Bataudry will be covered next week. Until then, bye for now. <laughs>
0: That was a Heart and Hand production.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network.